Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Hello and welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarlath Regan, and Sonia Sullivan. Hello, Sonia. Good afternoon, Jarlath. Lovely to speak to you again. And another week of running done. I know. It is flying Come. by. It seems like a lot happened last week across the world. You yourself jetted off to London for uh, the London Marathon, which was so, I, I only realised the day before that there was going to be anything. I assumed that it was all going to be virtual. This week, I want to talk about that experience, where you are now, but mainly focus on progress and how we look at the progress that we are all making as runners and where we assess what it is that Strava is telling us, if it's telling us anything at all. But first of all, right now, you're not even in London. You went on to Spain for this huge event that's taking place there this week. Yeah, so there's a NN World Record Day on Wednesday, Wednesday night in Valencia. And Joshua Cheptegei is going to go for a 10,000 metre world record. He recently set the 5,000 metre world record in um, Monaco, ran 12.35.36, beating the record of Kanenisa Bikili. And now he's chasing another record of Kanenisa Bikili, who's run 26.17. 0.53 for 10,000 metres and he's going to try and better that on Wednesday night here in Valencia. Holy shit, like honestly when I hear those numbers <laughs> compared to my own pathetic uh, sub 30 minute 5k, it is like for us normal humans it's another planet. I watched a video on YouTube about the pace that is being kept by a runner of his calibre in order to achieve that time. They had a treadmill set up and they allowed normal humans to attempt to run on it, even for 10 seconds, and they couldn't hold it up. So I understand your your role in this is to essentially coach those people that will keep the pace. Yes, yeah, so there's three Australians, Ryan Gregson, Matt Ramsden and Stuart Maxwain are going to help out with the pacemaking on Wednesday night and so uh, my husband Nick Vido, so he coaches and manages them but he's stuck in Australia so um, now that I've had an extended I suppose leave from Australia I have, he's given me a few jobs to do now so I have to make sure that they they do a good job yeah and um, you know also that we you know keep keep everybody safe because you know you say you're in Spain but you're not really in Spain like most people would know it you know we're you know, we're being tested all the time and, you know, you're very restricted where you can go to. And, yeah, no, it's really you're just here to, you know, for the part of the event. Um, so you basically don't get to see much. And the one thing 
I've noticed in Spain so far that's very different as you are required to wear a face mask Mm. at all times outdoors. Hopefully not when we go for a run later on today. I did see a fellow cycling past with a mask on him, but maybe that was just a, you know, social cycle. So Mm. hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to get a run in. There's a lovely park here, so I look forward to that later this afternoon. What's your view of these type of record attempts and given that you know there is a certain amount of blowback and criticism of these type of i guess orchestrated attempts at world records i know my own view is a record's a record and you no know, regardless of how it gets broken it's still broken i guess in the absence of actual track meets people are having to just go look uh, why would you have a problem with this well, I, I think, you know, it's it's definitely not a, a championship year this year. And I think people are, you know, they're, I suppose, pleasantly surprised that they're able to get some of these races done. And, mm. you know, it, it takes a lot a lot of effort. Like, it's amazing the, I suppose you could say, the hoops that you have to jump through to actually put on a, a track meet or even the London Marathon this past weekend. You know, it's, it's another level, the protocol that's required to do it safely and to have the permission from you know governments in different countries to do this Mm. so i think people you know they're just trying to keep the sport alive by creating these events that will attract a lot of attention and you know records is one way of doing it but you know you just have to look at the london marathon on just yesterday and uh, or sunday there was two record attempts by the women to do the women only and the men. Um, Elliot Kepchugi was hoping to, you know, win the race, which, you know, he, he, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, races that had people were nearly taught they could predict the results. They, they weren't very predictable because the weather conditions played into it. And, um, yeah, they made for two very exciting races, which I think a lot of people were surprised by as well in the current circumstances and with no crowds and, you know, a lapped course, it was very, very different Mm. to what you would normally expect from a London marathon. Well, I obviously don't live too far from where that took place and it was a feckin' miserable weekend. The most (laughs) miserable British weekend I've ever experienced. I I know everybody knows what it's like to be battered by the rain in the west of Ireland, but there's something so bleak about London and the surrounding areas in the greyness and the damp. Uh, Myself and Mikey got out for one round of basketball and I managed to put in my runs in in the rain and a few people on Strava pointed out that the fact that I enjoyed the running in the rain meant I was I had become a true runner it I I wouldn't go to the shed to get something out of the shed in the rain but I went for my my longest run ever and really enjoyed it like honestly I can't say this enough to the people that maybe held off running this weekend because of the rain. It was weird. There was something really uh, special about it. First of all, you had the place to yourself. There was nobody else really doing it. And second of all, you didn't find yourself getting overheated. Are you the same way about running in the rain? I'd imagine growing up in Cove, you probably did have to get used to it. Yeah, I think, you know, running in the rain, I think once you're out there, and running it's great it can be you know when you look out the window you can it can cause a bit of procrastination initially Mm. um before you convince yourself to get out there 
But, you know, whenever I've been out for a run in the rain, I've never come back, you know, unhappy that I've gone and done it. You know, you're always saying, oh, I'm just so glad I did that because it mm. does. It energizes you. And there's a lot of oxygen in the air when there's rain out there, which is a good thing. Yeah. The problem, you know, it's fine for if you're going for a training run, you come back home and, you know, you get changed straight away. When you're at a, a race or event like the London Marathon, it's difficult because, you know, you ha there's a bit of waiting around and then there's, you know, you've got to get back to the hotel afterwards. Yeah. So it can be very cold. And, you know, I mean, for a race, you definitely would prefer drier conditions. Mm. Some people did run some great races out there. But, you know, running in the rain is um, we were trying to think of all these different songs on the way to the race, you know, about positive vibes about running in the rain. And, and it is it, 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 it's a great feeling when you do it. It's sometimes nicer when you're actually out and it starts raining rather than have to step out <laughs> when it's already raining. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you definitely feel like you beat the day a little bit uh, when you've kind of you've kind of pulled off exercise against all the odds. You mentioned the the results there. Sinead Diver is obviously finished eighth in the women's race. Same place Kipchoge finished in in the men's. How about yourself? How did you get on? Oh, I didn't run. <laughs> I, <was laughs> I didn't realise that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. I I was just there as part of the support team. So gotcha. I was on the sidelines. And, um, you know, it, I, I did run while I was there. Um, <laughs> I was in a, what was known as not... A, I actually didn't run on Sunday because for the women's race, we had to get up at 4am because their race started at 7.15. So that was quite... Yeah, that was hard work. Mm. Um, we arrived at the course at 6 a.m. and it was absolutely pouring down rain. And But the thing is, it was so dark that you couldn't actually see the rain. You were trying to tell yourself that it wasn't that bad when it really was. And the water was hopping off the ground. So, yeah, it wasn't the most, I suppose, um, inspiring morning to be going out. Everybody was trying to keep dry. And, you know, we went into the tents that they had prepared, you know, they'd gone to such effort to make these individual tents for each athlete. Everybody had their own individual toilet, which was amazing, amazing. and then a chair. And, and luckily they had a yoga mat type thing for people to lie on because the carpeting inside in the tented area, it had already been soaked through from oh the rain God. overnight. So. Yeah, it was one of those things you're kind of thinking, oh, my, where are we going to sit here? How are we going to keep dry? Because, you know, when you go to run a marathon, you don't want to get wet until you're actually running and getting warm. Mm. And then eventually, I think for the athletes, they got cold. So, it, yeah, that's why a lot of the girls went out at the pace they wanted to go. And they did really well for the first half of the race. But then a lot of them got quite cold towards the end and they end up running a bit slower the second half of the race very few pbs there was a couple one girl sarah hall you know she created a, an exciting finish to come up for a second and a personal best 222.01 which was um yeah that made for great entertainment for people watching on tv but there was no spectators at all um Weird. just a few support staff like myself and, and we were contained in one area like we couldn't Normally, when you're at an event like that, you can run around and see the athletes at different places. Mm. But we were kind of in one corner of the course and you just it was a bit like Formula One. You know, they, they came around and they went past and then you had to wait for the next lap to see what was going on. And now that so, must yeah, have been like for the competitors, like you talked to me earlier in the series about how the buzz of the 
just the swarm of people and the spectators uh, drives you out so fast in that first K. That must have been truly bizarre for those taking part. It was difficult. And, you know, there's time because there were so few people in the race, they got spread out as well. A lot of people end up running by themselves. And, you know, they said that sometimes they were down at Horse Guards Parade and it's kind of a, a very quiet I mean, it was a quiet area. There was yeah. nobody over there. And they could just, you know, that was the time when they were getting all these thoughts in their head about stopping, maybe. You mm-hmm. know, when you've got 19 laps and, you know, it's kind of like, how are we going to keep going for all these laps? And, you know, so it was very, you know, inspiring to see a lot of the, the girls and then the men afterwards to really push through and, you know, do as best they could with the conditions and that's what it's about you know when you turn up for an event you've got to deal with what what you get on the day well the we said at the top that we talk about progress and i do think that that's a nice segue into one of the things that i really feel that isn't measured in strava isn't clocked by the apple watch and that is just my mentality towards this and i'm sure a lot of our listeners will know what i'm about to say but that is just that i think about my first days going out after you had sent me out and going just give it a just take it handy and head out and just that change in mindset that's taken place in my mind heading out to run as i said my longest run this weekend and not allowing those thoughts to gain ground and differentiating in my own mind that sore legs <laughs> there's many different types of sore legs and that actual discomfort in your legs isn't pain it's a sign that you're doing it right but you have looked at the times you have now had a troll through what my actual pro- progress is what's on paper and I guess I'm ready with my head in my hands as to what your thoughts are, but I'm dying to hear them. <laughs> well, you know, it's quite impressive, really. And, you know, it's it's great. Like, I, I used to write what my training down in a handwritten diary, but now it's so handy when you have the Strava app and I can just click on there and look back and I can actually look back at your past three weeks and you can see the progress there. And it's interesting over the past few weeks, like you started off and you ran in a whole week you ran for one hour and 47 minutes and then the following week you ran for two hours and 45 minutes and then last week you ran for two hours and two minutes but you ran a bit faster and you know it's you're kind of accumulating miles or kilometers in your legs and you can look back and you can see the days the distances at your longest run on sunday 45 minutes Mm. 7.6 kilometers you know it's you can kind of pat yourself on the back you know and say you know i Four weeks ago, I never thought I was going to to do this. You know, you couldn't see how you were going to, I suppose, progress up to actually looking forward to going out for a long run and to running a bit longer and a bit faster. So, it's, it's you know, hard that's what because training like, but, does is your body just adapts to the training. And so it's a training effect. And all of a sudden you're, I suppose it's like muscle memory. When you go out for a run, your muscles know what to do. Hmm. And then you don't even have to think about it anymore whereas before you probably had to think about it a bit more when you started out whereas now you can enjoy it yeah 
There is that. I mean, there is, we talked about this early doors about the male ego in all of this. And when you put it, when you say it there, you ran for two hours. It's so, it, I, I feel nearly embarrassed <laughs> by that when, uh, you know, I watch the marathon and you're just like two hours. Is that all? I mean, I know how much effort went into those two hours, but two hours is like <laughs> watching the Liverpool match last night, you know, to as to where I need to get to or where I'd like to get to. It is very much still the first rung on the ladder, right? It is, but, you know, you're already heading close to running a 10 kilometer run, which is a huge step up from where you started and you were thinking about just running 5k. Mm. True enough. I, I did, nearly, that crossed my mind know, so at the weekend. Should I just should I just plow on to just see can I get to ten? But that's not very wise, right? Everything that I read and watch on YouTube is like resist that urge. We need to build this base very slowly. And all the YouTube videos that I am devouring and I'm subscribed to now agree with all of your suggestions for the training, which is to take it extremely easy to have these easy runs that build the base. Is that what your thinking is? Yeah, so it's, you know, you have to go one step at a time and you can't really, if you skip, if you try to skip a few steps along the way, then that's when you may end up having to take a few steps backwards. So it's definitely a good idea to, you know, it's further and faster isn't always better. Mm. But, you know, I think when you go further and faster over a few weeks and then you look back to where you started and you see how far you've come, then, you know, you can see then how taking the steps builds up the strength and it gets your muscles, you know, stronger and they're a bit more able to deal with the impact of running because running is, you know, it's a high impact sport. No matter what pace you're going at, it's every step you take, you're, you know, you're taken on the, the whole weight of your body mm. so that all goes through your whole body and you have to you know I suppose get yourself you, you have to learn how to deal with that and to gradually build up the durability in your body to be able to go out and run and not have negative you know side effects and you know as you said you know having sore legs is you know there's a good soreness and there's a bad soreness and the good soreness is the you know, feeling you get from putting in a hard effort and, you know, it allows you, you know, when you go out the next day, you're kind of backing it up and mm. then you're being less sore, whereas the bad soreness is when you can't go out the next day. Yeah. And, and that's always my feeling is no matter what I do or, you know, challenge myself with, because you can be very tempted to, you know, go for a sprint or take on something that you might not be ready for. And so my thing in my mind now, especially now, when I'm running or doing fun runs and time trials and different things like that is that no matter what I do, I want to be able to run next week. Gotcha. I don't want to have to be forced to stop stop for a while. Yeah. So um, you and always that, weigh that, that up um, when you're making a decision. That's really worth bearing in mind. I think a lot of our more experienced listeners and runners will you know, be like, of course, but for a newcomer like myself and many, many other listeners who've been in touch, that is something that you need to keep in your head. It's not about today's run. It's about being able to continue doing it next week. I, I have a bunch of questions, right, uh, about progress and 
looking at progress that will apply to everybody. First of all, when we're going through what any of us have done, what should we be looking at when we're assessing it? And how do you avoid assessing your numbers critically? How do you get to a place of being a bit kinder to yourself? I think you have to look at it one day at a time because it's very easy to look back on your week and see, like I said to you there, how many, how much time you've been running and the distance. And even if I look at what I do, it doesn't look like very much. You know, I think sometimes it's five or six hours in the week. So that's not even an hour every day of running, you know, Mm. especially when you take days and you might go cycling or uh, swimming or walking. So that doesn't come into it. So it's very tempting to kind of set yourself out with a number that you want to achieve. And then you come Saturday and you haven't got to that 60K in a week for me. <laughs> Not you yet, Gerald. Not just yet. Go ahead. <laughs> You're rubbing that and, in now. And you say, oh, that was a I, dig in and, in and of its own got, right there, Sonia. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. 60K, I, well done you. So you're... Well, no, you're in the mid twenties now, so we'll get you up to thirty k in the week. Like right. that would be pretty that, good. That'll be the plan. Yeah, but yeah, so you look back yeah, and you, you yeah, continue. You look so you back try and you not to be temp- try. You you try you try not to kind of determine what you're going to do by numbers, but actually by you know what you can do today. And if you need to have a a rest day or an easy day, you know you 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 weigh all that stuff up, and you're not tempted to do extra stuff just because you want to have a nice number Mm. on your, you know, amount of miles or time that you've done for the week or even for the day, for that matter. I mean, I I do it myself sometimes. I did on Saturday, I went for a run and we were in a hotel out near Windsor and you were not allowed off the grounds at a hotel. So to go for a run, you were kind of contained within a undulating 1.3 kilometer loop and you could do laps of field at the front and back of the hotel. So it was quite monotonous. So I had to break it up myself to manage to get an hour 30. But then when I got to an hour 30, it was nearly 18 kilometers. So then you're kind of like, OK, I can just do another little bit more. <laughs> so, <laughs> to round it you know, up. to me, I, I weigh things up, you know, is it a nice time or is it a nice distance? And then depending which one, you know, I'm thinking about is what will determine when I'll actually stop. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of Instagram to Strava and a couple of people have raised this with me that, you know, the Strava and the monitoring is all very well and good. But some people have expressed a regret forever signing up because running lost its freedom and it's all the monitoring and all of the checking and uh, analysis of stuff and posting of maps and kudos left, right and centre has made it a little bit showy. I mean, do, do you buy into that at all? Is there is there some part of this that we have to keep an eye on as runners? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you can get you just get kind of hooked on it, I think. Or, you know, you're all, you, you know, if, if it's not Hans Trava, did you do it? <laughs> um, you know, when 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 we were in this London Marathon bubble last week, we were actually not allowed to post our runs on Strava. Really? So you'll see you won't be able to see any of my runs. Uh, you won't see my runs from what Friday and Saturday last week because we weren't allowed to put them up because it was a sort of place and the location wasn't allowed to be revealed. And I'm sure lots of people worked it out. But, um, you know, we were asked to do it. We weren't, you know, people weren't checking, but everybody just turned off their 
and Strava and Instagram location services and all the rest of the social media for for the time that we were there. Well, the one thing we do. So you feel like you're missing, you know. I've, I I have work. You can you can set up your Strava so and people can do this. You know, if they don't want to be sharing everything online, you can set it up so that you only see it yourself. Hmm. So then you don't then you can actually you know you still see that you've done it and you're, you're not missing out in a few runs during the week yeah but everyone's chasing that kudos uh sonia you gotta remember that <laughs> <laughs> if it if you don't get likes does it does it count either but you know this is uh, last week's episode with jess kelly went down a storm we posted all of her recommendations for the wearables and the free apps to download i hope everybody will go over to strava.com forward slash irishman abroad and regardless of whether you're posting your runs to be seen to be doing your runs or to be getting those thumbs up. It's great to gather everybody there. And I posted this week about us looking for our next monthly challenge. And you suggested a run that I think we're going to make. I think we're going to make that the the event. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, Sonia, what it is, where it's taking place and when? So this is the Great Pink Run, um, which is for Breast Cancer Ireland. And it's it's a run that I've been associated with for the past 10 years. It normally takes place in the Phoenix Park in Kilkenny, in the park there, and even in Chicago last year. But this year it's all virtual and you can do it anywhere you like, anytime you like on the weekend of the 17th and 18th of October. And um, you can sign up at greatpinkrun.ie. So that's one virtual run that you can sign up for. It's for a good cause. You have a choice of a five kilometer or a 10 kilometer run. And then we and you can the theme of the run is everybody wears pink and it's for men and women. So it's just because it's pink doesn't mean it's all women. And it's one of those events that I've, you know, when I've been involved going to the Phoenix Park and people walk up from the train station and from town and everybody's dressed in pink and it's a real carnival atmosphere. Mm. So, you know, it's more of an event than a race. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the whole part of this event is we're going to encourage people to still dress in pink and take photos and post them online and just have an online community for the Great Pink Run. On OK, I, I'm, I'm up week for it. Two weekends time. Two weekends time. Would it be? Yeah, have you got some pink? Have you got? Oh, Have you plenty, got some pink, plenty. pink running gear, I'm very comfortable in my masculinity <laughs> to wear pink. I love pink. And uh, I will look forward to posting those pictures. People saw my new profiler on uh, Strava. I posted it on uh, Twitter as well. I'm now shredded from my uh, running over the last few weeks. But uh, I wondered <laughs> there when you said the option between 5 and 10k, would it be bananas of me to aim to run that 10 in two weeks time? Well, you could you could aim to run 10K, but just to run it, you know, to do the distance rather than to actually chase a time. Yeah. Like, so it would be more of a endurance challenge than a racing challenge. So mm. that wouldn't be a bad idea okay. to aim for your long, longest run. And it's not, you're not a million miles away from it, but okay. you would definitely set out to do it, you know, at a nice, easy pace. Great. Okay. Well, and that... you could, what you could do is you could, you could estimate how long you think it would take you, you know what you know you could do Hmm. and so then you know that you're committed to that amount of time and maybe it'll take you a little bit less 
Mm-hmm. And then depending on the weather, maybe it'll take you a bit more. Well, this <laughs> is a, this is a very important month for my chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie. It's obviously World Mental Health Day on October 10th. And to mark that on Irishman Abroad, I'm going to be doing a series of chats with different people, both well-known faces and less well-known people about their own mental health journey. And on the 10th, I'll also announce how I'm planning to raise money and kind of I guess, write this in stone and put this out there as a place where people can go to get on board with this journey towards the virtual Dublin City Marathon next year. I think we can assume now that it's going to be a virtual run next year, the way things are going. But uh, that's all still to come. As I said, strava.com forward slash Irishman Abroad is our running club for the podcast. I really do urge you to come over there and join up. I've had lads who I went to school with joining up who are now loving it. And just the discussions about any kind of question you might have about running can go in the group there. And uh, as I said, if you catch Sonia at the right time, she'll throw in an answer herself, which has been pretty cool for an awful lot of people. Sonia, I hope you uh, uh, hope you're getting decent weather there in Spain. Are you getting to enjoy a bit of sun? It's absolutely beautiful. I haven't been outside much yet, but I believe there's a swimming pool on the roof of the hotel. So um, we won't have to go far and um, we'll be able to lie outside there and check out all the comments on Strava and things that I can reply to later this afternoon after my run. Brilliant. Well, enjoy it. I'm very, very jealous. My thanks to you, Sonia, to Brian Connolly for his production on this episode. We obviously released a bonus episode of An Irishman in America with Marion McKeown because of the banana stuff that went on over the weekend with Donald Trump's diagnosis and who knows where things go from here. All I know is that Irishman in America will be out every Friday from here right through to the election to help you make sense of it all with the brilliant Marion McKeown and our Sunday episodes will always be there right on cue first thing in the morning on a Sunday. Till next time, thanks to you again, Sonia, to Tina and Mikey for making it all possible. To all of you guys for listening and signing up over on Patreon and joining us on Strava. Tanya, take care of yourself and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you. Talk to you next week and I'm about to send you your training programme. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll post that in the group the as, well. as well. Brilliant.